the stage in general is cancerous to the believer. You know, I mean, there's just there's just something about being made much of yeah. that um, is a recipe for the enemy's handiwork. And, mm. and just like the flesh, you know, I mean, yeah. it's just, it feeds the flesh. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like, I think there's a, there's a unique, a unique thing about the stage mm. um, that feeds the flesh and wanting to be served rather than to serve. Mm. Hello and welcome to Candid, where we never settle for less than the truth. I'm your host, Jonathan Youssef. Each week, we'll tackle tough issues, answer your hard questions, and take a candid look at the Christian faith. Would you mind leaving us a review today? By leaving a review and rating, it helps others find us, and this would be a huge help. Using your favorite podcast platform, go to our show and leave a rating along with a review, and perhaps next week we will mention you on the show. You may be familiar with the acoustic duo Shane and Shane and their songs like I Will Wait For You, Psalm 130, or worship renditions of hymns, Come Thou Fount, Holy, 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 or How Great Thou Art. Their prolific work has been a staple in the musical worship of many churches. It's my honor to host Shane and Shane on today's episode. They met in college, and 20 years later, they are still praising the Lord through music, touring, writing, and equipping the next generation of worship leaders through their project, The Worship Initiative. I invite you to join me for an in-depth, fun, and edifying conversation with the Shanes as we discuss their beginnings, how the Lord has changed them over the course of the past 10 years of touring, the conviction in their hearts to write biblically accurate worship songs for the church, and their desire to encourage other worship leaders to do the same. It was a great encouragement to hear how these brothers in Christ yearn to be good stewards of God's Word through music. We hope it's a blessing to you. All right, well, it is a privilege that we have two guests who share the same name, different last name, (laughs) Shane Everett and Shane Bernard, and uh, you may be familiar with their names, Shane and Shane recording albums. Uh, They've won three Dove Awards. They've sold over half a million records. They've uh, recorded and written 39 albums. They are contemporary worship music artists. Shane Everett, Shane Bernard, thank you so much for being on Candid Conversations. Thanks for having us. Pleasure. Pleasure to be here. Am I saying that right? Is it Bernard? That's kind of how I say it. But cool. If I want somebody to spell it, I say Barnard. Barnard. Because there's an A there. In Sounds the British. Yeah, it is. Very yeah. cool. St. Bernard. <laughs> well, you guys are coming to us from uh, Dallas, Texas, and uh, that's where you're, you're both from, Texas, originally. Tell us a little bit about Growing up, Texas, uh, you know, what's life like? Grow up in the church, grow up away from the church. Tell us a little bit about yourselves. Yeah, we both didn't grow up in believing homes. I actually grew up, this is Shane B. here. I actually oh, yeah, grew we might up, have to uh, delineate that with audio. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in our right. world, I'm just called B. So if I hear a B, are we I'm doing coming. B and E? Is that our difference? Yeah, breaking yeah. and, and entering. If you say Shane, we're both coming. We're both coming. Yeah. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I grew up on the West Coast. Actually, um, my dad was a kind of a just a super 
large, adventurous West Coast gold digging cowboy. That's kind of how I like to describe him. Yeah. And uh, he met my mom, who was kind of like a little tiny rebellious Catholic lady from Ohio who went west. They got married in their mid thirties. Had my brother and I, so we were off off to the adventures, man. And we moved a ton all up and down the West Coast. Lived like off the land a lot. Wow, kind of a wild upbringing. More so the more I, I uh, you know, reflect on it yeah. um, as an, an older person. And that's all and, in vogue uh, now, right? Kind of getting off the grid. Yeah, but you it were is. doing it before it was popular. Yeah, man, just get off that grid. <laughs> yeah. And we ended up in Texas when I was in, uh, you know, fifth, sixth grade. Yeah. Right before high school, I was uh, playing football on my buddy Zach's mom's roof at night. So that's the level it got in West Texas when there's nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah. It got dark, uh, dark enough we couldn't see very well to catch, you know. And the stars were out, and I had a moment um, that I didn't know or have any words for, didn't know what to explain. But looking back, it was kind of a Psalm 8 sort of a moment yeah. where I'm, I'm, I'm just looking at God's creation and just marveling over what it is yeah. that he would do something like that and that he would be mindful of someone like me. Wow. And that was enough to... Uh, Within, you know, the next week, I was telling my mom and dad, my mom was Catholic, um, but but loosely. Yeah. Um, and so I would tell them, I'm going to go play basketball on Wednesday nights, you know, back when you could just be gone for like hours. Nobody cared. Right. And I would go and I would sneak away to the youth group. There was this little youth group that Zach's mom went to the Bible church. Right. And I heard the gospel. Wow. And... I was a super easy sell. You know, for the first time, I heard that everything that I had done wrong could be forgiven by God Himself, yeah. and that the first time that I ever ever heard that I could actually have a relationship with God yeah. through His Son Jesus. Wow! I, my mind was blown, and so I was in. It was the first time too. I didn't grow up with any music. I mean, often a lot of my upbringing, we didn't have a radio. You know, wow. I remember like eight track tapes in our like. In our El Camino, love you it. Know. Uh, <laughs> and you know, we had a Kenny Rogers one and a Carpenters one. It's pretty, pretty great. Um, so anyway, the youth pastor at this little youth group played four chords and sang these twenty worship songs. And so, mm-hmm. what we did have at my house is my dad had like an old guitar prop. It was like on top of the cupboards, kind of a thing. So I took it down, took it to the youth pastor. He showed me how to string it and tune it, and I learned those four chords, G, C, D, and E minor, of course, and those same those twenty worship songs. And so that took me through high school of leading these twenty. I, I wasn't into music; I never sang in front of a microphone. Wow. Yeah, but I did sing uh, from that moment on on a weekly basis those same twenty worship songs once a week through high school and then in college, you know, in whatever dorm room or apartment room, yeah. whatever. You yeah. know, we were just we were just getting together on Saturday night to worship Jesus. And so that kind of, I'll, I'll connect it to Shane's story. So I went to Texas Tech for a couple of years, transferred to Texas A&M. I still am a pretty new believer yeah. because we, we ended up moving, you know, through my high school years. So I just, there wasn't much discipleship at all. I knew the Lord. I was a mess. I knew that I wanted to live for him, but I didn't, didn't really know what that meant. Yeah, I wasn't ever discipled to read yeah. God's word, so I hadn't. I mean, it was kind of like an, a six-minute quiet time. You're just, you're doing awesome. Sure. And so, 
you know, I'm going to school. I'm a business major. No business doing anything artsy or singing and right. ministry. I didn't even have a grid for that. I didn't know that there were these things called Bible schools. I didn't know anything. I was just this feral kid from the West, you right. know, um, who just got saved yeah. and knows yeah. four chords and 20 worship songs. And so my roommates at A&M asked me to play this festival concert they were putting on in a field. Wow. And I was terrified. <laughs> and I said, yes. Jars of Clay had come on the scene. Cademan's Call. There was kind of this acoustic yeah. thing happening at the moment. So I tried to write, you know, a handful of songs for this concert that I said I would do. And problem is, is I didn't have a guitar that plugged in. So I went down the street and I borrowed a guitar from a guy named Shane who had a guitar that plugged in. And that's how we met. <laughs> and um, anyway, played the concert. I mean, there's a hundred miracles involved in that day, like mm. crazy God sovereign things. Mm. Mm. Um, Cause I was pretty much brain dead at the time. So there's no planning. There's no desire. There's no passion for music. <laughs> right. There's, I'm just, just literally taking one step at a time, one day at a wow. time. Um, and so two months after that concert, I had to make a decision because I was started to get a lot of phone calls. And so I dropped out of school, got in the GM 1988 GMC Jimmy and hit the road. <laughs> wow. Um, and I'll let Shane take over because that moment where we met was part of his story because his story drastically changed in that same season. I mean, the same month. Mm. And so I'll, yeah. I'll hand it over. To catch up to that point, I grew up in Dallas. I mean, I live a mile from where my grandfather's house was. So, wow. I mean, I'm, I've been kind of in the same spot other Morning than where I went to school. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, we're old East Dallas family. And so, yeah, that's where we're from. And then my grandfather was a deacon at a Southern Baptist Church mm-hmm. here and but kind of ruled my dad with an iron fist. So my mm. dad was very rebellious. Yeah. Uh and really didn't have anything to do with the church really other than kind of uh you know, kind of pacifying my grandfather to come on Easter and yeah. Tradition. send me to camp. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was loosely involved in a youth group. But all my friends were in high school. We didn't know Jesus, but mm. it was kind of a cool place to go. So we were kind of around and got saved at camp every year um, for about 20 years. So it's like every year I get saved at camp, <laughs> yeah. I get baptized. In the wave pool. In the wave pool or wherever. <laughs> you were practically you know. drowning after 20 years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, once a year, you know, getting cleansed. Uh, <laughs> but never stuck. You know, so I had heard the gospel a lot and I'd been around kind of church culture, yeah, but never experienced the transformative work of, of mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit in my mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I had gone to A&M, a business major as well, and kind of living for the world for a long time. And it, it kind of culminated in a night. I was in a bar band in college, and it culminated in a night. So this is the same month that mm-hmm. I played that yeah, concert. so... Right. All through college, my senior year at A&M, Shane comes over, borrows a guitar, and I don't know if, like, 
I caught the Holy Spirit from him, you know, he might have sneezed on me or something. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. I know right. it doesn't work. Yeah, we'll edit. Okay. Yeah. So your we'll listeners leave it in, but we'll leave the clarification. Know, I believe I don't believe it works that way. But regardless, I, <laughs> your hands touched we, in the passing yeah, of the guitar. Yeah, it was just and, like transference, you know. There was a cloth, touched there was, my robe. There was a cloth involved. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so he borrows my guitar a couple weeks after that. I'm playing a concert in Colleen, Texas, and I'm waiting to get paid at night. The band had gone home, sitting on the end of the stage. And, um, the, you know, if you've ever been in a bar under the neon, it looks kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But, like, they flipped on these fluorescents, and they were kind of washing this place out with hoses. And that image of those lights turning on just really less, just rocked me. Wow. And it was that moment that, the, I mean, the scales oh, fell off. Wow. And it was just that image was just like, this is me. Yeah. You know? And I mean, I didn't hear the audible voice of God, but sure. I knew that I wanted to know Jesus, mm. you know? And I didn't know what that, you know, I mean, hindsight, you know, you have vocabulary for it. At the time, I had no vocabulary for yeah. it other than something's got to change. Wow. And yeah, that next morning, ended up going to this church that was close to my house and and uh, I knew about the church because there's a big college ministry there. And, um, you know, I was around. I mean, you just kind of know the culture. Sure. And walk down the aisle. I don't even know mm. what he talked about. But I knew I had to walk down the aisle and, you know, mm. fill out a card, you know, to get yeah. saved. And get baptized again. Again, I don't think that saves you. But in my mind at the time, I was like, <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> you know, like any good Baptist. How many aisles you know, you do I need to get down? <laughs> yeah, I mean, i got to get down this aisle, you know. So anyway. Well, walk down front and, you know, just, and the pastor there was like, go to the college ministry and, and, mm. uh, after service. And I went and I walked in. I was like, I know all these people. I don't want to do this. So I just literally turned around, walked back and mm. got to the pastor before that next service started. And I was like, man, I, I, I if that's what following Jesus is, I don't want to do that, mm. you know? And he's like, well, what do you do? And I said, well, you know, I've been singing in this band for a while and he caught the worship leader, which is more like a music director sure. at this church. Yeah. This old guy, Monty. 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 And, and he's like, Monty. And he came, Monty came over there and he's like, you put this boy in your choir? You know? And he's like, yeah, come at five o'clock. And I was like, okay, I'll see you at five o'clock. So I got in a church choir at Central Baptist Church. And that was kind of like when I really started walking with the Lord with some old people. And then wow. it was like, I mean, mm. it might've been the next week. I don't know how long it was, but. I'm showing up and I'm singing in the choir at church and, you know, I could sing a little bit. So they put me in this, like immediately put me in this like singing group, show choir, show choir, yeah. the advanced group, <laughs> the advanced, yeah. the, the advanced baptized. church. Yeah. <laughs> so Dane and his group of buddies kind of saw me down there like a fish out of water. Like that guy looks happy, but he doesn't know any of the words. Uh, so... Him and his him and his group of buddies were going to church there and came down and I, he probably recognized me from the guitar situation and we kind of had some mutual friends and they came down and was like and I think they felt sorry for me they're like you want to hang out with us and I was like yes I want to hang out I with need you. people my age <laughs> so, so that was kind of our first meetup and I went and started hanging out with him and his buddies and you know at that same time Shane was getting getting calls to come play at, mm. you know, Disciple Nows for a plate of lasagna. Sure. And, you know, yeah. we were like, yeah, let's go. So, you know, he played with another guy for a while. And after over the course of a year of just being buddies and hanging out, and yeah. we, I started going with him. 
and mm. we started going together and and people would call and we'd go i mean it was the most we had zero like he said i mean we we didn't even have a grid that doing music for a living was i mean we both grew up so blue collar my dad did yeah. paint manufacturing his dad was in road construction wow so it's like we didn't have any grid for sure arts yes music sure like especially as like a oh, this is what we want to do. Right. You know, it's like... Can this be a career? Nobody does that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. but the Lord just knew us and just literally just spoon-fed us for years. Wow. And like Shane saying, he was, he was brain dead. I, I don't think that's the right word. I think it's just like we didn't have a plan. No. We just were like, What's yeah, that? whatever. It's pretty brain dead. No, I don't know if you're brain dead. <laughs> we were having fun. We, uh, <laughs> we didn't know what to do, so we just... Literally, you know, as life comes at you, we would sing the Bible because we didn't know what yeah. else to do. I mean, it was wow. it was just like, hey, man, didn't they used to sing the Psalms? Cool. And then our first record was Shane and Shane Psalms. And it just was like that. And so we just sang God's word for years, and it's like God tricked us into it um, because – I say that just because, like, it, it was a way that he was changing our life. Yeah. Our own heart and our own life just by being in the word, yeah. um, hiding it in our heart through singing mm. it every day, wow. you know. And we started to see fruit in other people's lives as we did that. And so it's kind of like, you know, over the years, plagiarizing the scripture is kind of what we do. We just have nothing else to say. <laughs> and uh, It says it best. <laughs> Yeah, and it's a big book, so lots lots of words to use. (laughs) I love it. Well, all right, so, I mean, it really is just the pictures that you've just given us are so vivid and just even the that divine timing of putting you guys together. You know, the Lord was most certainly using that for his own purposes and his own glory. You talked about how the music was helping train you. What were some of the other sources that were discipling you? through this journey as your sort of your music career is kind of budding. Mm-hmm. One of the things that just shaped me was just God's sovereign, loving discipline. I mean, mm. my body shut down. I didn't know what was wrong with me, but, um, and my dad is like John Wayne. So I never really struggled with like fear or anxiety. I didn't even know what those words were, but like I kind of went to the ground physically in an instant. And then I stayed there for two years in my late twenties. Mm. And I remember going home, which I, I couldn't even drive. I was I, I, I was on the side of the road and I called my parents to, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm like a full on 26 year old, 27 year old. I've been touring for a few years and I'm like, can you come get me? <laughs> They're like, are you in your car? I'm like, yes. Uh, and anyway, so they had to, you know, they had to come find me. And I remember going home, and I had a uh, to answer your uh, further answer your question. I had one John Piper book. Hmm. It was the Pleasures of God, and yeah. it was because I think we had played at Passion Conference, which is a big college conference. Yeah. The first couple three years that they did it, and John was there. And I don't really remember hearing him that much, but I'm sure the passion folks just threw one in my bag or something. So (laughs) um, I had that book. And so I was flopping around in a fetal position, reading this book and just crying and praying and, Mm. you know, canceled everything. 
moved to the desert, West Texas, it was this seminary experience yeah. for me. I ended up in the mountains alone mm. in New Mexico. And, and by that time I'd had, a, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd collected a, like a handful more John Piper books yeah. 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 <laughs> and some others that were just helpful. Yeah. And it's the first time that I'd ever read the Bible. Mm. Um, really? So I was just getting to know God. I was getting mm. to know the Lord. He, wow. he was nothing like I thought he was. Mm. And in those years is when I, re- I was really clinging to the word and singing through the scriptures. And at that time, I didn't know that these were going to be songs and I'm writing a record. And I mean, that was all, yeah. I was desperate yeah. for him. And, wow. uh, and so that was a really sweet time for me. And he's continued to do that over the years because he's a good father and, mm. And, you know, when, once we, uh, we re-engaged back into touring, praise the Lord, like versions of podcasts happened. And so like Dr. Youssef and John Piper and Tim mm. Keller and these, Matt Chandler, who was a buddy of ours, mm. um, we started together in ministry. So I was, I had this resource as we were driving, I was driving, I was the morning bus driver. So as I'm, if I'm, as I'm driving around, from this place to that at 5 a.m., um, I'm just kind of getting poured into by some some amazing Bible teachers. Wow. And so that's kind of like uh, I didn't go to church for 20 years, maybe 15 years. Yeah. Because we, especially on the weekends, we were always gone. You're on the road, yeah. We kind of had our little ragamuffin group of folks with us. And it was, you know, broken and we were just playing concert after concert after concert, you know, for that time it was like 250 plus concerts a year wow and so it was kind of like we just existed out on the road yeah Uh, and so those channels you know um and those men in my life were a huge blessing Mm. Uh, Mm. so that Mm. that's what yeah i think so yeah i mean we had a lot of books and a lot of pastors on uh yeah speaking india shane and i and a group of fellas who where, you know, had life on life. Yeah. And so it was kind of like yeah. trial by fire. Yeah. And it wasn't pretty a lot of times, but the Lord, by his grace, sustained mm. us. It's a miracle. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a miracle. Yeah. And it wasn't until we started having families that we even knew what we were missing. Yeah. You know what I right. mean? Sure. I mean, I don't think we knew. I don't think we understood the provision of the body of Christ. Yeah. Uh, in its expression at the local level mm. until later yeah. on in our walk, you yeah. know? Because I think we had both experienced church that was kind of like a Sunday school version of show up. Yeah. We're going to bring people to church, you know? It wasn't— it, Tick your box. Yeah. It wasn't like uh, like as intrusive as we know it to be now. Mm. Intrusive in a good way. Yeah. In a way that's— Iron sharpening iron, you know? And so, like, I think later in life, the friction of the fellowship of the believers to, to hone Mm. the soul and, Mm. and, and to, and to do, do the regenerative work of sanctification. Yeah. Like, that's just a gift. Yeah. And we didn't know what that gift was like until later on in Mm. life. And that's really just been probably the last 10 years of our walk with the Lord. Wow. Well, you know, did you say 10? 10, 12 years yeah, where, amazing. you know, we could say now, man, you know, I, I don't, it is a, it's a miracle that we still love the Lord <laughs> because like yeah. in our world, you know, you see a lot of people that, that 
um, you know, in isolation, mm. man, you start believing lies. And, mm. you know, I, I just think that you, we just have to be reminded. We got to remind each other of the truth of of not just God's word, but, you know, that, that we need the Holy Spirit. And yeah. We need each other, yeah. you know. So that that's that's kind of like our journey. And I think as we've been in that, I think the Lord has been so gracious to to grow in us a heart for the church and for mm. the body, mm. for the bride of Christ, that yeah. she might be healthy. Yeah. Um, and so, man, we want to we want to feed a sheep, man. I mean, that's yeah. all we want to do. You guys have been very intentional about taking people to the Word of God. How do you do that in your songwriting? I mean, I know you can make it as simple as well. We just read the scriptures and write it back out. But I mean, there's there's got to be some sort of intentionality and purpose behind that. And so, how do you how do you do that? How do you work on that together? I would just say, it, you know, it, it's it's been a process, and it's it's good to think about the process that it's taken because there's lots of songs that I wrote as a younger man that I would have pulled that younger man aside. You know, yeah, that's a great example. Yeah, and and, and, and some good friends did, and they're like, uh, "This isn't true. <laughs> <laughs> Delete this." You know, and I'm like, oh, it's too late. It's, you know, it's already on there. It's already number one. And, uh, we, just, yeah. we just stopped singing it, you know. Um, and, and the more we've lived life and the more mm. that we've just gotten to know the Lord and just having some stacked years on um, just mm. being discipled through his word. Yeah. And the more and more careful, uh, I would say. Yeah. What came to mind um, just uh, 60 seconds ago is – the first time God chimes in in the book of Job. Mm. It's the first time he's going to say something. And I think it was Elihu. Yeah. I don't think he came after that, but just it, all that aside, this is, this is all these conversations happen in the book of Job. It's, it's late in the, in the book. And God says, who darkens my counsel with their many words? And that sentence is, is kind of describes the way I feel about putting words into songs that end up in people's mouths and hearts. Wow. I'm just like, that's a powerful image. Uh, I don't want to darken counsel. I don't want to, you know, come up with cute, trendy words. Yeah. And I do try to find language around the Bible, but I think we've become a little bit more careful. And so we've, we've, We've broadened our community, you know, to be filters for each other yeah. and sounding boards for each other uh, as we're working now with new artists and all of that here in our world mm. to just cling to the truth of God's word, the things that true forever, that last, that don't fade away like the world and the garments therein, but just the living word of God. It's like, so, you know, we do put words around God's word. Um, yeah. uh, you know, as a, uh, a good preacher would or a good sure. poet would yeah. um, to exegete some kind of a thought from a particular scripture. But I would just say we've just gotten more careful over the wow. years. Mm-hmm. And sort of thinking down that track, and, and, and this might be a similar answer, but the, the pitfalls that you see around sort of modern day worship music, what are some of the areas that you, you, you sort of see – whether people fall into them or, or things that you make yourself aware of that you you want to avoid, um, you know, obviously you've you've mentioned that the longevity of your walk with the Lord has helped you be a little bit more careful. 
But what are some of those areas that you, you're concerned with yourself and other music that people are singing or, or musicians are putting out? Man, I think one of the pitfalls is that I've seen over the years and to some degree have experienced yeah. is the temptation, not even the temptation, but the, the reality of living a double life. Mm. It's so quiet and easy to do that. And like Shane talked about, just folks in isolation in our industry, mm. it's so easy to, to live a life in front of people um, that's completely different from the life you're living off the stage. Yeah. And it's harder and harder if you're kind of leaning into the emotional side of the arts, you know, yeah. because you can create an experience really easily. Yeah. You can choose words and melodies and you could choose the five top bands that the world loves. Yeah. And it's a powerful medium. Come to a pretty good conclusion on like, okay, these are the things that are moving people right now. Yeah. And so we're going to insert some good Christian lingo into that. And we're just going to go places and we're going to do that. And that's really possible. And, yeah. and people do that. And so I, I would just say, and, and the thing is, is that, you know, there's a lots of songs out there that there's people that are, are genuinely in the world, singing things about Jesus and leading people. And God's using that mm-hmm. in folks' lives. Mm-hmm. You know, like there is some songs that are really rich and really good. Yeah. It's like whether in pretense or truth, your words getting preached and the gospel is being heard and God's using that. And so I just see, in fact, I recently wrote a song about having a double life. Mm. I don't even know if anybody will ever hear it, but just, uh, just to speak to that part of the heart, the wanting part of the heart that wants praise and approval and well, you can just list it out. It's like the cares of the world. It's like the, it's just your, it's an age old problem, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And the stage really, really brings that out of like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden you have like the top five things that you really long for yeah. um, are happening. And that just puts fuel on the fire of professional wanting machines mm, mm. until you find all your wanting in the shepherd, mm, Christ Jesus. Mm, mm, mm. But it's hard to find him when you're in the middle of the hoopla. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, like on top of that, I think Shane nailed it. I mean, it's just the stage in general is cancerous to the believer. You know, I mean, yeah. there's just, there's just something about being made much of yeah. that um, yeah. is a recipe for the enemy's handiwork and, mm. and just like the flesh, you know, I mean, yeah. it's just, it feeds the flesh. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like, I think there's a, there's a unique, a unique thing about the stage mm. um, that feeds the flesh and wanting to be served rather than to serve. Mm. And so one of our things that, you know, we say all the time, is just like, man, we're, wherever we go, we want to serve the people. Mm. We're, I mean, that's what we are. We're in the service industry Yeah, and we serve the bride of Christ. And wow. so the, the minute that we, ch- that it, switches and there's there's parts of our hearts that love to be served and want to be served but it's like a conscious help us lord go to serve and not yeah. be served yes you know because it's so nuanced but yeah. i mean we're we live in the wake of people that go to be served and so when we go to places or when we're on the road or we're sitting in a green room or we're talking to a tech person or we're there with a ministry leader on the ground it's just like man 
we want to smell like Christ, and yeah. He came to serve. He did. You know, it's yeah. just like that. There's a, mm. He smelled like something. Yeah, and it didn't smell like serve me. It just right. didn't smell like that. Right. And I mean, that's a that's kind of a really basic tenet, but it's the te- it's probably the most. It's something we say all, and the Lord is providentially. I think the Lord set us up to really like. We kind of like live in this. We shame each other when we when that starts to come out. You yeah, know, yeah. we'll like be like, "Ooh, important guy." Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. That's like, right. Maybe there's just there's some just accountability there. Yeah, yeah. There's right. just something about b- being two of us where yes. you know it's it's easily seen and mm. it, it sticks its head out because I mean we're both pretty fleshy guys. You know <laughs> what I mean? But it's just sure. like yeah. the Lord. Like I mean, it's just a constant war. That's what it yes, is. It, it is. is. It's, it's just Romans, hey, yeah. you know, it's just like we're, we're making war with the flesh, Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we have to. If we're not making war against the flesh, we're going to lose the fight. Yeah. And like I said it before, it's just like, man, the provision of the body and the different parts of the body to hone the sharp edges of yeah. the flesh. It's just yeah. constantly in it. I mean, I feel like. You know, our sin is ever before us, even more than ever. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And just as mm. people are listening, it's just like, man, professional ministers and singers have to fight the flesh just like yeah. everybody else. If not more so. And it's just like, man, don't put us up. Don't put us up on some like high lectern in the corner of the room and being yeah. like, teach me. It's just yeah. like, no, man, we, yeah. we're we're fleshy sinners. Yeah. That need the Holy Spirit, yeah. need the Word of God, and need the body. Amen. Just like everybody else listening, and just know, man, it's just like, man, fight the good fight. I mean, we just mm. we're praying that the Lord sustains us to the end, and I think He will because He has keeping power. Yeah, but we want to keep pressing in. It's just that that mm. that constant struggle. It's just like I know He's got me. Yeah, but Lord, I'm going to work out my salvation with fear and trembling. Yeah, that's a you balance. Know? It's just isn't like it? the both end and that. Yeah. You know. Mm. And so, so you know, and that's what we try to do. I mean, it's just like we want to sing the word. We want to eliminate distraction. Those are kind of like our high things. I mean, like it's kind of like the filter that we run things through. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, sing the word of God and and try to get as rid of many distractions as we can. It's so So, good. So when you guys write a new song and you're about to release it, what are your hopes? Are you, you know, you sort of like. I hope somebody is able to listen to this in the car and it edifies them. Or I hope this church, you know, is able to play it for their congregation. Or is it sort of like just a, you know, across the spectrum, just go, Lord, use it kind of thing? I think over the years, again, like I think it's been a gift to not we've, – we've operated in, in our little niche, um, kind of void of the industry. Uh, we've just got in vehicles or on an airplane and we just kind of operate in a world that's not – you know, in the like we historically haven't been on the Christian radio a ton, and yeah, and for that matter, it's, our songs haven't landed in the church a ton. <laughs> so, um, but uh, so in that regard, it's like it's up to God. God, it's on you. Yeah, uh, what's going to happen in this stairwell over here when I go in there with a guitar? Yeah, and the way you want to use that, you know, I feel like we've we've been able to exist in some kind of hands-off ways. Um, granted, we are growing in just the passion for the word of Christ to dwell richly in us mm. as we sing. 
yeah. psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, yeah. like that the word of Christ would begin to dwell richly in cars and cubicles and kitchens yeah. all over the place. Yeah. And so I, that is the hope that there would be some someone listening in a car that's heard like Shane did all growing up. Oh, God mm. loves you. Jesus loves you. God loves you. But there would be a moment as they're singing, their kids are in the back, they're singing all together that the word would dwell richly. Like all of a sudden they'd be like, what? Yeah. He, lo- he loves me. Yeah. And their life would change. And uh, they would, they would um, be a, a part of this crazy story of bringing Jesus back. Yeah. And every single tongue and tribe would hear and know and love and worship Jesus. Yeah. So just being a little part of that is, is worth it. It's yeah. so worth it. You know, yeah. we have some songs coming out that are more congregational. There's also some that are a tad bit more abstract because of the nature of the Psalm we were singing through is a little bit more abstract. Sure. You know? um, so, yeah. I have friends in the, that music world, and one of the things that they are constantly fighting over is the idea of like some level of self-promotion. Like I need to promote myself to get a product out, to do a thing. So there's the kind of entrepreneurial side of things. And then it's like what you just described. Like I, I just want this music to go out and to bless people. But there's kind of this – what feels like a tension or a balance, you know, do I, do I get on the social media platforms and, and promote myself and promote our new albums or whatever it is? And so how do you kind of uh, walk out that tension between those two worlds? I mean, we, we have people around us that help remind us of that, you know, yeah. and help us with those, those channels. But yeah, I mean, we we're thinking about it, you know, we wanted to get out, you know, yeah. so there's always that, trying to promote the, I, I think we try to promote the content. We're kind of bad self-promoters, like in general. Sure. But we do believe in the content yeah. and we do believe in the message. Yeah. And so I think, you know, over the years, you know, I think that, that where that's fleshed itself out, like probably on a more practical level is just early on when we are like, oh, we felt like we needed to like, manufacture some emotion on stage or have some kind of like crazy passion but we're just like man we're, we want to present the gospel in the best way we can and it's the spirit of god that that's going to do the increase it's not going to be us yeah you know and so we're going to present the information the information being the word of god yeah in the most compelling way possible that people might hear it and not be distracted yeah um, and so we might be thinking about chords and and tempo and what it sounds like out in the house and a lot of other practicals um, a little bit more than we're thinking about how we feel in the moment. Mm. But it's just like, man, we're going to go out there and we're going to, in this moment, we're going to try to build the runway for the spirit to land in some way, create like some mystical sovereign way that is not us right. you know <laughs> but i mean that was that was beginning of like freeing up that moment of just mm. like man we've never been able to change a heart but the spirit yes the spirit's really good at it and so man we want to present the gospel in the best way we can yeah. and and pray that the lord doesn't increase and so yeah. i think in that like you move forward it's just like man we're gonna we're gonna devise as many plans and schemes as we can for the yeah. gospel to go out and like, he'll order it <laughs> with, within with you know within the parameter we don't want to lie cheat or steal to do it but we're going to yeah. try to 
we're going to try to be effective. I, I think over the years it's been fun and God glorifying to watch. You know, we have so many stories of like we tried to promote this thing. We but we put teams and resources behind it. Yeah, and then the other thing, we didn't have any teams and resources behind it, and just to see where God takes this or that you couldn't measure it with resources and teams. Right. And so it's like, we're going to do the best we can with what we have. If we have a team. Great. If we don't Shane's on the phone a lot and you know, here you go. And so, yeah, because ultimately we're not promoting Shane and Shane. Yeah. I mean, we're, yeah. we're, we're promoting a, a much greater country. Than That's that. right. Um, and we want as many people to hear and love and worship Jesus as possible. So, yeah. mm. Mm. Well, what's some of the things that you're working on? I know that you've got um, some albums for kids, and tell us a little bit about uh, you know what's on the burner. What are you working on? What to be expected? What's out? What's new? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, from a speaking 50, of promotion, <laughs> yeah, speaking, speaking of promotion, let me now just promote yourself. Oh, let me promote some things. Uh, from a fifty thousand foot view, we work. Um, with a team called the Worship Initiative. And, you know, we've, we've released a ton of records over the past decade, worship records. And we also have a resource online, theworshipinitiative.com. And so all of those songs are pointing to a greater resource that equips musicians and worship pastors yeah. with content that comes around those songs. Um, so video training, wow, charts, charts and craft training and devotional training, Rapping songs in God's word, all of those things. So there's a site called the Worship Initiative and a team called the Worship Initiative that we're a part of. Yeah. And kind of through that, one of the things we're doing is, is kids music. Shane and I did uh, last year, we did three records called uh, Worship in the Word. And which is so fun because we are, our kids are all in those ages. Yeah. Um, that we're just trying to give them some handholds and some resources to be able to lead folks in worship and be yeah. a part of singing to God and mm. what that looks like at home and all of that. And so there's that kind of little brand worship in the word. And then um, we're about to release a record called Psalms, hymns and spiritual songs alive. We did it live um, in Virginia and uh, couldn't be more excited about it. We just released a song called you've already won. So you can get that song wherever you stream music or get music. Uh, and it's been such a blessing to our own lives and our church's life in a very unique way. Mm-hmm. In in this past year of trouble, yeah, trouble personally, globally, having some language that wraps around the thought. A, a buddy of mine sent me a chorus with a line in it that said, "God, I don't know what you're doing, but I know what you've done. Mm. Uh, I'm fighting mm. a battle you've already won." Uh, and I, that was it. That sent me into that stairwell over there. For like two hours and I just wanted to come around that um, and so it's a song that kind of talks about okay here's what he's done and also there's a lot of future grace that is ours today yeah um, we know how the story ends and so it's kind mm-hmm. of just unpacking this is what you've done that gives me a ton of hope this is what you're going to do that gives me a ton of hope so I can walk into tomorrow yeah in effect laugh at it because I know all that I have in you and mm-hmm. all that I will have in you and so it's been a blessing for us and it's been easy to promote because of the blessing that it that it is just in our midst as we sing it and some chains falling of fear and anxiety of folks as we get around that idea of uh you know clinging to him mm. in really tough situations 
Yeah. Yeah. It's been really powerful, like in a unique way, mm-hmm. like to see this song just reminding people of, of the fact that they're, if they trusted in Jesus, their future is secure, you know? And it's mm-hmm. just like, man. This is the day and time we need that, right? Yeah. For sure. So that's been really, really powerful. Well, the song is You've Already Won, and um, Worship Initiative is the website and the program, and uh, if anyone's listening to this who's a pastor or at a church and they want to get their music leader tied into that, uh, we'd encourage them to do that for sure. And uh, Shane Everett, Shane Barnard, (laughs) thank you guys so much for being on Candid Conversations. I'm refreshed, I'm energized just from our time together. This is... I'm just so grateful that you guys took the time to to share with us and we're praying for you guys and looking forward to hearing what you continue to put out that serves Christ Church so well. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. is a podcast from Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Don't forget to connect with our social media pages on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And subscribe to Candid Conversations on your favorite podcast platform so that you never miss an episode. While there, please leave a review. It does help people to find us. As always, thank you for listening to and sharing this episode. Oh, I know.